Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where I study being social by being social. Stoked for this new sort of element that the pod's taking on, where the guests on the podcast are not teachers, and we blow their mind with wild-ass teaching stories. You guys seem to respond to it really, really well, too. Keep the feedback coming, okay? Leave a review let me know. Apple Podcasts, five stars that ho, and tell me what you think. Like, do you want more of this? I'm so down. I'm making this for you. Let me know. Also, quick shout out. If you want bonus content, bonus videos, all of that, and, and this is the important part, first access to tickets. I'm going back on the road this spring and this fall, by the way. Okay. You want to know what cities they are? Before the Gen Pub that's gay for general public, you want to be in Patreon because not only will you find out where I'm going, you have first access to tickets so you can snag those tickets before these shows sell out because they what? Will. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Go and get it. Become a member. Get the bone con and get your tickets to the show. Can't wait to see you on the road. My guest today. You might catch on the road with me at some point. That's all I'm going to say, because that's all I'm saying. All right. Saw her here in Seattle recently. Knew she was good. She's a who's who in the city, in comedy especially. Everybody's got this girl's name in their mouth. Monica Nevy. So, 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 so funny. And it sounds like a lot of you found her from when I posted about her a few weeks ago. She's got two albums out that both went number one, mostly Finger Guns and Chill which is a meditation comedy hybrid. We love creativity here on the pod. Um, recording her first special in Philly this week. You catch her at the punchline. Oh, sorry. This is, she did it already when this came out. <laughs> so uh, you're going to follow her. And next time she comes through, you're going to go see her. Welcome to the podcast, Monica Nevy. Yes, uh, that's me. That was amazing. That's really... I was just listening to you like, she sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's invite her on. Yeah, Who geez. is she? Can't wait. Loved. First of all, love you. Literally did not know what love I was going to. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did hit it off quick. We really did. Which, and I'm I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> I'm forever grateful. Yeah. I love your um comedy so much. I was genuinely howling in the audience because your millennial stuff is so unbelievable, relatable. When you said, when you talked about millennials being this demographic where like we're always losing, <laughs> I was like, girl, we're, I'm never going to own a house. Like <laughs> we're always losing. Oh. Well, good. I'm glad. I mean, it's part of me with the relatability of it is because comedy is still, it's not self-deprecating my stuff, but it is like, <laughs> generation deprecating still right. and I'm like I'm glad you can relate but I'm also kind of sad you can relate because <laughs> totally. it's like yeah what I, you so loans. we still uh, <laughs> which we're going to be oh, paying yeah, for the rest of our lives and teachers I mean come on now. whenever I plug my merch I always say oh shit should I give this joke up I don't know I'm going to say it. I always say, I go, hey, you guys, and I'm selling all this out in front. You guys can pick it up. It's going to help me out with a charity that means a lot to me. It's called Help Me Pay My Student Loans. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We'll never pay them off. You do such a good job of like speaking to your people and like who you're talking to. I felt like you were talking only to me. And it made me really question 
why did you start comedy? Like, what was it that was you were all about? That's so funny because I've thought about, you get asked this a lot I know. as a stand-up. And in fact, I was trying on wedding dresses yesterday and I felt like I was on a podcast because she was like, you're a comedian. How did you start? Like asking me all these questions while yeah. I'm like, my boobs are out and I'm like trying to get into this. <laughs> um, it was the only way I was good at communicating as a kid now that I think about it. Like I was painfully shy, really quiet. And the only way I made friends was that I would instinctively like my reaction of something happening. The comment I would make was very quiet. But if you were right here, you would hear it. And they would be like, oh, man, this girl's funny, even though she's like so quiet. Nobody else knows that, you know. And then if there was a story to tell in high school, they would be like, Monica, you tell it. You know, like that. I just like it was more entertaining, I guess. But that was kind of the only way I couldn't be serious. I would get so nervous if I had to do like class presentations or whatever. So it was not performance. I never did performing anything. I was an athlete. I played basketball all the way through college. I started writing jokes when I was like 18 because I just liked it. I watched stand-up so much starting when I was like 13. I would just stay home on the weekends and watch stand-up all the time. And uh, I got hurt and I couldn't play anymore. And that to me was like, well, let's do this open mic thing. And the rest is comedy history. So what were you like? You were like 22, 21? Uh, 20. And I turned 21 like a month later. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I was on the same boat, too. I started doing comedy while I was still in college, but I lived two and a half hours away from the club that I got started at, and I would drive every Sunday. Oh, I've heard those similar stories. I was lucky enough to start here in Seattle when I was living on Capitol Hill, you know. So the most I was driving for open mics then was like Five 30 feet. minutes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh yeah, you can do stuff here. But I, I would do, you do crazy stuff when you first start. I mean, I would go, I was the assistant director of Boys and Girls Club at the time. I would drive when I lived in Beacon Hill to Olympia to do basically a booked open mic on Tuesdays that started at nine and went till 11 or whatever. If you're unfamiliar with the area, it would take me then hour, hour and a half to get back. And then I would have to be at work at 630 in the yep. morning. And you're like, this is great. <laughs> Monica. You're not a teacher, but you're going to get this with all that, you know, Boys and Girls Club experience. Nobody, I don't know if anyone's going to get this. There is nothing like going and doing a show and then like waking up super early, so tired, and then just having to be in front of kids. Oh, yeah. It'll eat your soul. It's so funny because there is a part of stand-up that like you kind of need, like you get the instant validation. But afterwards, you do want people to go, oh, I thought you were really funny. I really enjoyed that. You know, because that's our job is to make sure you're having a good time or whatever. And so to go from that to being like, oh, I was washing my hands in the bathroom and somebody was like, oh my gosh, you were on stage. You were so funny to these kids who are like, what do you, I'm not going to listen to you. And I'm like, I just had a great set. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking, but like, and then they have no idea. They're like, I don't, yeah, God. I think that my comedy started to pop when I took it out on the kids. Like they would do some fucked up shit in class. I'd be like, guess what? That's going on stage, motherfuck. Yeah. And then it was like almost my way to be able to retaliate legally. I have bits about the kids using their names. Shut up. With the, the kids that I hated the most. Like that's who is still in, I mean, the few times I've been on TV at this point. It's in there. <laughs> Will you bring him back when you do shows with me? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I, you know, I had thought about that of, I was like, oh, not that I tailor my set for 
certain audiences, but I'm like, I feel like they could relate more with oh, that. They're going to have teachers. Oh yeah. When, and I, every show, when I do those bits, I have teachers come up afterwards and be like, oh my gosh, I had kids like that, you know, whatever, which is you, great. <laughs> you talk about the Boys and Girls Club in your current set. Too. Yeah, a little bit. And I, so like, as you kept going, I was like, oh my God, I hope she'll work with me. I hope she'll work with me. And then when you did that, I was like, oh my God, I need her. It was like, I, cause I know once people hear that, like my audience, when they hear that part, girl. They're in. They're Good. so in. I'm just here to trap you. <laughs> this is all a trap, everybody. That's <laughs> all my career is. I know, it's, it's awesome. A big trap. Filming this weekend. Have you been to Philly? No. Never. You got to get yourself a cheesesteak. I know. I have. Honestly, that's the thing that I have planned is where I'm going to eat. So, What'd you choose? Well, I don't know about the cheesesteaks yet because my brother and his wife are going to fly in and, and be with me so I don't have to be alone, which is very nice. But instead of, we're older, instead of Monica, celebrating with tequila shots, like maybe <laughs> we would have when we were younger. <laughs> I picked a nice restaurant for myself instead. And I'm a big just food shows in general, like cooking, Top Chef. I love Iron Chef. And so Morimoto, Chef Morimoto's flagship restaurant is in Philadelphia. And I do have reservations for Saturday so that I can treat myself. I will be done with both of the filming sets. And that's what I'm choosing to do is to go to a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> My partner Morgan and I are also big foodies. Oh, really? Especially when it comes to like chef liberties. That's funny because I only really got into it because of Erin. She, that's my soon-to-be wife. She has watched food shows forever. Incredible cook, probably because of it. But I got into it just because I like, and now I'm like looking up whenever I travel, like who's been on Top Chef, who's, you know what I mean? Like whose restaurants are where? And yep. like we try to go to them because... We're into it. Do you watch Top Chef? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the winner, Kristen? I don't remember yeah. what season. She's my favorite. That's what I got Erin for Christmas was her cookbook. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What's it called? I would love it. Uh, I don't know. It might just be Kristen cooking, I think. But it has a lot of, it's got like her story because she's from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of <laughs> kind of like a dictionary, you know, like it's got all these different. <laughs> like a Midwest dictionary? Yeah, Ranch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, like cooking term? terms and stuff. And then a bunch of different. Recipes that are awesome. But She's yeah, that's so funny. All-time favorite. That's love. great. We, yeah, love our, well, tied probably Brooke Williamson and Antonia. I do love Antonia. Me so, too. Uh, Me too. We are, yeah. But we're like, you know, I follow them. And, and when I'm, I mean, most of their places are in LA and stuff. But we're like, yeah, when I'm on the road, we got to look up the top chefs that we know. And then we want to go see their restaurants and stuff. In fact, we had for a long time talked about going to the UK for our honeymoon and mm -hmm. doing like Harry Potter castles and stuff because she also likes Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And I'll do whatever she wants. <laughs> we talked about going, we just like this week, we're like, what if we did the food and wine festival in Aspen? Because we oh talked about it so God. fucking much on there. And you have uh, to get like waiting list and all this stuff because we can't go, you know, right after we get married. Right. We're waiting for a while for the honeymoon and we're like, that would be... Aspen's a good honeymoon yeah. destination. And then to go to that, that would be fucking awesome. So. I could ask you two questions. Okay. And I need realness here. Are you much of a reader? Are you like a reader? Not really. No. No. Okay. But cookbooks. Sure. I'll look. <laughs> okay. This one I need, like this is, I'm giving you homework. Wow, okay. I can't not That's be okay. a teacher. I'll have Aaron read it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, salt, fat, acid, heat. 
the book. The book, I've not seen, the documentary. I've seen the documentary. Documentary is great. Yeah. Book's better. Book's better. Okay. Book, reading the book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Who's it about? Samir, is it? Samin. Samin. I can't remember last Samin, something with an A. Yeah, but she was uh, really, I liked the documentary because I feel like sometimes people doing food documentaries can be too intense or something, or not personal enough. And she was just like very sweet. I liked her. Love, love. Not enough to remember her full name, but I do like her. <laughs> Both of us. Yeah. But I will say, though, I think she'd probably want people to say this rather than knowing her name. Or maybe I'm just putting words in her mouth. The book changed the way I cook. Really? Completely. Okay. I, after I've read it cover to cover multiple times, and I truly believe that if I walk into my house at any given moment, I can look at what ingredients I have and make a meal. Really? Yes. Okay. It's amazing. This feels get good. it for Aaron. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I should get for her. Because before we met, I thought I was a pretty good cook. Probably because I lived with basketball players and comedians. <laughs> so compared to them, <laughs> I was like, you great, you know. <laughs> this mac and cheese is dope. Right. And then when we first started dating, I was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at cooking like these few things. And then she just blows me out of the water in everything. And so I have to just like let... I want to help, but I'd feel like a little kid, like in the way when we're cooking. Sometimes she's like, just let me do it because she's just a better. And she's right. Everything she makes is incredible. So I'm like, do you fuck. guys compete in anything or? So my partner, Morgan, it's so interesting because he's good at literally everything where sometimes I just look at him. I'm like, can I, can I just be the funny one? The like, yeah. let me like, don't even tiptoe in these waters. All right. Cause you're, <laughs> you can do anything. And then I'm over here like, I can make people laugh, you know? And for that reason, we don't compete because I know I can't. I would say that we don't for a similar reason, but it's because I'm, when it comes to athletic skills, I think I'm pretty good at most things, Ooh. you know? And so I think she's, learned in that regard not to take it personally I guess yeah it's hard when you don't it's not really attractive to like beat someone at stuff <laughs> oh I you know. know what I mean and because she is fairly competitive as well more of a perfectionist so she's like super organized always like she has a job she gets promoted immediately because she's just a hard worker you yeah. know so she really excels in those things. Morgan too. I can do, you know, whatever the skills and the, I have very coordinated, yeah. <laughs> which isn't super helpful. Now <laughs> I'm like, something's going to fall. I can catch it. And that's pretty much all my athleticism is good for anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, we, you know, when we first started dating, there was some like, oh, cornhole, we'll play like this. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And then she was more confident than she should have been kind of thing. And I'm like, I feel bad, but I, you know, what am I supposed to do? So I think now it's like, be on my team. <laughs> we'll compete against other people. <laughs> I like that. We got a quick break real quick. I have a question for you about Erin when we come back. What are her three best traits? Um, her eyes? No. Um, <laughs> I was going to say her butt. And no, her three best traits. She is fiercely loyal. Oh, I love. She's a really good friend because of that, you know? And like, not to be super corny, but like, I feel so supported and I have never felt like that in a relationship before. Like, I really feel like we are a team, you know, and we mm -hmm. do everything together. And then just the organization, and she would love that I said, but she's efficient mm -hmm. and time management is almost like a superpower for her, which has made me better in those regards. However, my... <laughs> My actual ability with it irritates the shit out of her constantly because she's like, I don't get 
why you're not doing this yet or what's your plan. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Just hold on. You know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, I know this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, she's a mother before I came around and she's a really good mother. And I didn't think, you know, when I was younger, I really didn't want kids or, you know, was a little apprehensive about it. I didn't realize how much being a good parent is attractive. Like, oh, I don't know dude. if it's like a biological thing, but I was like, I was so attracted to the fact that she is just a really good mother. When Morgan is playing with his nieces, my ovaries erupt. Right? You're like, what is It's happening? like, holy shit. It is so attractive. It's, I totally feel you on that. And it's like a click. You know what I mean? Like they can be a totally different, like goofy, a wear out drinking and stuff. And then like, not the same day, obviously, but then like <laughs> the ability to parent, like just, it is probably nature a bit, but like, it just like clicks with her. You know, yeah. she's just like, I'm momming now. And yeah. it's like very, I don't know. It's hot. How old is your soon to be stepchild? Eight. Oh my God. Third grade or going in, in fourth grade, turning he's, nine? No, he just, well, he's very young for his age, but he's in third grade. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be nine in August. But yeah, I came around when he was five. Oh my God. And then we did the pandemic together. I was. You were an online teacher. I was the remote learning facilitator. Monica Award-winning remote learning facilitator. Yeah, I, you know, co-parenting with estranged people is not easy. And so hats off to anybody who's in a um, dual household situation. And so I just stepped up because I was tired of the fighting and the, you know, whatever it was going to be, not pulling your weight, other parents. So I just stepped up. I'm home now. I can't work. Let's do it. And so, yeah, it's been me and him a lot for the last like two oh years God. now. Yeah. Do you have, before we get into the the emails from the fans, do you have any like horror stories from yourself as an online teacher? Because you were, let me tell you what, I give it up to the parents who are doing it just as much as I do the teachers. I think every single one of us, and it is embarrassing when it happens, but when you <laughs> accidentally walk across the screen with no bra. Mm, that could have happened, but no, I don't think, I think when you're talking to them or when you're like, not reprimanding, but you know what oh, I mean? You need to, and it's unmuted and you're like, fuck. Like I've heard every single other parent have it happen to them too, you know, and grandma's trying to help out and she's like, I don't know how to do this math. Like just screaming about it in the background and uh, it's like unmuted. He did it to me once. He is a talker. Our oh, nice. Is, he talks so much. In fact. Those are my favorites actually. When we did conferences. When he was in first grade, she's like, he talks a lot. And we're like, yeah. And she's like, you know, he's talked to his friends too much. So I moved his desk next to mine. And then he just talked to me. Oh, <laughs> like, that was, yeah. that and I was, was like, me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he like, he just too much on like unmuting constantly to just say nothing. You oh, know? yeah. And I'm like, I would go insane if I was the teacher. I mean, just and so I think I feel just having worked with kids, you know, I feel a little bit more for them and needed to be like, okay, you got to stop doing that. And of course, yeah, once he was unmuted and I was like, oh no. Right. Yeah. It's like the teacher's teaching and they're talking about like the 13 original colonies and he unmutes it to be like, where he went to Cedar Point. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the, like his other little best friend is in the class, you know, and then they're like, I know what she's going to say to this. And it's like, well, it's not your fucking turn, man. <laughs> It's so hard. I could not teach him, you know, like knowing how he is. He would drive me nuts in a classroom because he, okay, you guys, everyone can share one thing they're going to do this summer, you know, and they're like, okay, 
your turn. And he's like, well, I have 12. And oh, I said, yeah. She said one. <laughs> Fucking pick one, man. Like, oh, just stuff like that. I'm like, oh, my God. Which that I think is... you're hyper aware of because he is ours and I want him to be good for the teachers, you know. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Third grade is the sweet spot in education. Did you know that? No. And yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> it's the best because. To teach? Well, in my opinion, kindergarten is the best, right? But oh, as universally, it's not the best for everybody. Okay. I, so first of all, I think every student teacher should do at least one semester in third before going any other place because they are innocent enough to love the whimsy of school, but independent enough to be able to work on their own. Yeah. And they're questioning things now, but they don't have the attitudes and are sassy for the most part. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And yeah, he's because when I was at the Boys and Girls Club, fourth and fifth was my age group never never and I can't. they were definitely getting to the like too cool for school and needed to like show up for each other you know that kind of thing and it helped that I <laughs> am fairly sarcastic just in like naturally and I just there's a bunch of I don't even know how old they would be now oh god they're definitely college, in high school or maybe yeah. in college yeah just that are brutally sarcastic because of having been with oh, me like funny. they definitely like acquired it because of just but that was like a a fun way to connect with them sometimes you know it's just yeah, like oh, yeah. jokes and joking around and stuff um but it, it is that switch from that second and third grade group to the fourth and fifth grade group was like nine day yeah they there was no like this is just fun and you know like let's pretend and be goofy. And they're like, I'm not doing that kind of thing. Like, I have a training bra full of tissues. Right. Shut up. You can go sit down then. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. I taught, I taught fourth for seven years okay. and then I taught fifth and I've taught six for a little bit. And when I taught fifth, I wanted to die, <laughs> wanted to die. Like I literally had a fifth grader, Monica, look at me and say, you're nothing but a little bitch who's still sucking on that mama's titty. I was like, how'd what, you know? <laughs> this is what like, I think every time something like that happens, I'm like, what are you watching? You know, like, why did you We're at the park the other day? They're in the same grade as him. And this kid is on the top of the play toy, still playing on the toys. You know, and eat that booty. And I was like, what are you fucking watching? You don't know what that means. You know, like, <laughs> it's all too relatable. Oh, We're going to get in the emails in oh, just a sec. Quick break. Monica, I'm like, not sure if these are going to blow your mind like I had originally intended because oh, you're I have some experience your base knowledge with children is vastly higher than many people Richie Armani being the most recent after <laughs> you has he met a child ever no. he's not okay let's get into this here we go hi Joe first of all I love your podcast and I love the last two episodes where you've been blowing non-teachers mind Okay, this one's a novel. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so since workers workman's comp came up, I thought that I would share my story. This happened, I'm not sure, maybe five. The fact that teachers write these sometimes blow my mind. This is the exact sentence verbatim. This happened, I'm not sure, maybe five or five years ago. Five or five 
<laughs> something in between those two. Somewhere between five and five. <laughs> so I'm fairly new at teaching at this point. It was my fourth year. I remember because I was a first year full-time teacher, not by choice. I teach elementary PE and full-time positions are few and far between. Anyway, I had a student who was somewhat unruly. That's actually an understatement. And she did not like PE. So she often had issues with other parts of her day so that she would often be late for class on purpose and would sometimes be sent into class five minutes even more late. This super set her up for success, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> wow, someone sarcastic like oh, you. <laughs> the following incident occurred when she was only in third grade. We were playing, oh man, I can see this is going to get juicy. We were playing hockey, and I can't remember the exact scenario, but I know that she had gotten mad and was swinging the hockey stick erratically, and I was worried for the safety of other students. I admit that I probably didn't handle the situation the best. Classroom behavior management is a big learning curve, and I often cringe at the things that I did my first few years. Girl, I feel you on this. I apologize to my first class ever if you're listening. Anyway, I tried to take her hockey stick from her because she wouldn't leave the game and she didn't like it so much. So she bit me. I believe this was the second time that she had bit me with very few consequences. This one didn't break the skin. <laughs> this is the second time? <laughs> this one didn't break the skin, so I didn't think much of it. Next week, I was going over the serving size of fruits and vegetables, which is the size of your fist. And I remember finding it interesting that as the week progressed, I was having a harder and harder time making the fist because I couldn't bend a couple of my fingers. A whole week after the incident, I realized that I had a hangnail when she bit me and probably my finger had somehow become infected. I had, re I had this realization on a Friday night and I had to work the next day at my part-time job because, you know, teacher budgets. So I showed up outside the employee health clinic waiting for them to open on Saturday morning. When I showed the doctor my finger, she became immediately concerned and suggested that I go to the emergency room because she was worried that my finger might be septic. So, of course, I went to the ER where the x-ray where they x-rayed it and fortunately found that I was in no immediate danger of losing my appendages and she'd already gotten me started on antibiotics. Well, long story short, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this wasn't the route to take for workman's comp, and I had to fight the district to get it, get the paid time off. I still sometimes get calls from debt collector agencies asking me about this, and it's been almost five years ago, and I just hang up on them. Also, I had to go to follow-up appointments with the district's preferred place for workman's comp issues. This place was a real nightmare and not flexible at all with scheduling, nor did my building want me to be flexible with my scheduling my 8 million follow-up appointments. Fortunately for me, the place was five-minute drive from my building, so I was able to run over to in between my breaks. Anyway, that was a very long story, but I would imagine that there are numbers of tidbits in there that would completely shock the average person. No, I'm not sure that there are even great consequences. The student and her family moved the next year, and I breathed a great sigh of relief when that happened. Some of it stems from a classroom teacher who is absolutely 0% helpful because it seems if we approach her about her problem, she takes it as a personal attack on her teaching abilities. Classroom teachers, we just want your collaboration and help. We teach every kid 
And sometimes it's just plain hard. Thanks for sharing the realities with the world. I hope to see you on tour soon. Boom. Dang. A septic finger, Monica. From a kid biting you, which mm-hmm. is, I think, maybe to people who hadn't worked with kids, that would be a surprise as well. But we had some bites. Do you ever get bit? Mm, I never got bit. Oh. Our regional director got bit. <gasps> Tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about working at like a dog foster it's care what facility. It, it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's hard to explain with kids <laughs> who are what this sounds like. Um, acting out a lot, angry. Usually, there's a reason for it. You know, always. Yeah. And we, I've made a plenty of CPS call for things like that. There's usually something else is going on at home. But we have a lot of kids who one didn't want to go home, and so which is a concern, and so like attached himself to the bottom of a picnic table, <sighs> and wouldn't. For us, and I'm sure it's similar for teachers, try not to touch them ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't want to be physical with them. Pick them up, hug them. None of that. Just don't touch them. Which is how I am with like all kids, even my stepson. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what's allowed. (laughs) Uh, That's a good habit to be in. That's a good tidbit for new teachers if they're listening. Yeah. We had to fire a couple of people because they just didn't get it in their head. And I was like, you can't. Stop touching them. Right. Bye. Yeah. Um, wouldn't come off of the bottom of this table. Just wouldn't let go. And we were like, well, we're not going to pry him off because that would be. And our regional director just happened to be there that day. And we were like, Tanya, can you like, what do we do? Do we call the parents? Do we what do we do? And she's like, let me see if I can do it. And starts kind of talking to him and goes to like, you know, just lightly grab his hand and he immediately bites her on the arm (laughs) (laughs) and she just the the look on her face coming back of just being like well he bit me which she was like clearly that had happened to her before I guess because she was like he bit me you know so we have to like write some other fucking report or something right but just had to wait till the parents came to get him off this table because yeah you don't want to like rip him off of it I don't know it was just so I was still surprised because obviously from our perspective, from after school programs and youth development stuff, we assume you guys have more support in that area. The teacher? Yeah. Oh, no. But it just never seems like that's true. Like, I feel like because I can't I couldn't really call anybody when stuff like that would happen. Yeah. You know? So in my head, I'm like, oh, well, they can call the principal or whatever. But it's only one principal in a whole school. And I don't even know what they, you know what I mean? Our regional director is there. She comes over. She gets bit. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that didn't really help either. So I don't know why school feels more structured than like afterwards. That's why we immediately we're like, just go outside because they have this like energy from school. I just don't think they ever really, <laughs> it's never easier to be around. Them. Well, teaching Teaching it is like this too, but being a principal, it's even more. To be a good principal, you can't principal when the kids are there. Like to do all of the things that are your actual job description, you can't handle it when things are going on in the school because you're constantly getting pinged for other stuff. Well, and yes, that's what, but that was the most surprising part of this story for me was the other, like the work part of it, of her being like, yeah, because I don't know what. I'm supposed to do when I get bit by a kid and it fucking turns toxic. Like what it's infected. 
I, that's like I hate that they were weird. described it. I know. Oof, like, did a great job describing it, but closing your fist and it hurts. It's like, oh shit! I can like rabies. see it in my head. I'm like, I, it's you know, it's swollen. It's like, Green. yeah, it's <laughs> not what your fingers supposed to look like. <laughs> and then for them to be like, well, you got to go to this certain place, or else we're not going to acknowledge that a child bit you, and now you're finger is infected it sounds like a zombie movie or something it, it did it did sound like a zombie movie <laughs> yeah. god okay we got another one here we go this one's not as long so let's see what we got hey joe this is only my third year teaching middle school first of all i'm doing the sign of the cross for you in middle school over middle there school, like oh yeah. god middle school for all the middle school teachers out there like praise yahweh or whoever you're talking to but could never will never will absolutely take a dirt nap before I decide to do that. That's intense. We had teen programs at a lot of boys and girls clubs and YMCA's have teen programs. Crazier stories than any other place I've ever heard. As do you far think as it's because the hormones just I knock guess. in? And, but they're in that, you know, that fifth grade and on cool thing. Yeah. And hormonal. I don't fucking know, but it is. I mean, I remember it for myself. Yeah. And it was, yes, a very confusing time. Same. Maybe. And I was, I don't know, I was really quiet. <laughs> I was walking my dog yesterday in front of my own house and a group of like older middle schoolers, like maybe like eighth grade push and ninth were walking by on their skateboards. And I clung, clung to my dog like, I don't know what they're going to do to you. So I'm let's like just like be over genuinely here. more intimidated by middle school kids now than yeah. maybe anything else 100. in my life. 100%. There's no empathy, I guess, oh, yeah. from them. And like. They're they're to the like I don't know because we do take them to the park every day and there's this group of like they I think they're in middle school I don't know what they the yeah I don't <laughs> I thought know you were talking about a dog I think <laughs> um I don't even know if they're in middle school or they're young high school I don't know but that age range you know they're definitely not eighteen they're I don't know what people look like at certain ages now <laughs> but they like they're swearing so much and so stuff much. and they'll compliment my shoes sometimes which i you like, are a bit of a sneakerhead. i am quite a sneakerhead, actually. Yeah. so yes but then and i'm like i want to i want you to stay away from me but i also want you to be nice to Except me, so I'm me. Like, now i'm like wearing my nicer sneakers to the park just so like they'll be, <laughs> be nice to me y'all want some fidget spinners like <laughs> <Yeah>. come on <laughs> Okay, this is only my third year teaching middle school. I sometimes call it the spawn of Satan. Boom. He got it. We're on the same page. My first year teaching seventh grade science was fun when COVID first hit in spring of 2020. Shout out to all the teachers who started in the year 2020. Oh, my oh God. I should pray the rosary for you. I haven't had a normal teaching year since I started my career. I work in an urban school with students from a wide range of SES and cultural backgrounds. Three weeks into my job, I break up a fight between two sixth grade girls. In my school district, we aren't allowed to touch children unless we have consent. Even that, it's only about a high five. They leave the more serious stuff up to professional judgment. As I'm yelling at these girls to stop fighting, a horde of other students begin to watch. Not long after, a weave is pulled out and also a hijab is ripped off. Ooh, that made me uncomfortable. That's when I stepped in to break this up because it had gone absolutely too far for the dignity of these students. And I ended up getting punched in the face hard enough to knock my glasses off my face. Two other teachers stepped in to separate the girls and take them to the office. Those two teachers got a period off to decompress before teaching. But me? I had to act like nothing happened to teach my seventh grade science class. Oh my God. 
None of the three principals came in to check on me until the next day. In regards to a previous podcast about having credentials and teaching online outside your wheelhouse, this year I'm teaching middle school business because I have a teaching degree in business. Apparently, you don't need a business endorsement at the middle school level. Anyone with a pulse could teach this job. Let's be real. Who wants to teach Excel to 13-year-olds? In one week, I'll be moving back to my science job but also teaching ESL. To make a long story even longer, I know that I'm going to be one of those teachers in five years with a huge amount of loans, potentially get some loan forgiveness, but I don't know what's going to happen, only to leave this profession. I have four degrees and I don't get paid enough to deal with or ever be able to afford this amount of debt. Also, my students call me Q Money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I just got to throw that in there. That's great. I Oof. Oof, oof, oof. I don't know how you keep teaching. <laughs> Girl. Especially at that middle school just seemed like just the hardest. There's no rationale. So many hormones. And we only got in fights in middle school. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that period. We got in fights. Constantly. Were you sweatpants girl? Were you that girl who would like, like the sweatpants girl, you know, who would wear like pajama pants and like she'd fight you? I did never, not ever start fights. I did have to defend myself a couple of times, but I will say uh, wearing sweatpants was very popular when I was in school. Do you remember we used to call it scrubbing? Did you guys call it scrubbing over here? Yeah. Like scrubbing is when you would wear like your sweatpants or your pajama pants and like a really oversized hoodie and like so just throw your funny. hair up. I call it scrubbing. I probably wore jeans to school more often in middle school than I did in like high school and college. I yeah. think I wore jeans to class in college twice. Same. Got a full degree. But I, you know, I was an athlete coming from practice. So yeah. Scale size. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There was just like a ton of fights when I was in middle school. A lot of them for stepping on shoes really oh yeah those renting girls though oh yeah Ah. oh yeah that was like a big thing i don't know (laughs) please just whatever just went in your head hit me but my friend we've had like this conversation as adult as adults like do you remember yourself in middle school and how fucking crazy you were like somebody stepped in front of you in the line for the soda machine and you just punched him in the face like that was a thing and now she's like you know works for Deloitte and is like an accountant and like all this shit and you're like you've changed the most of anyone but her name's Casey uh she would get in a fight every day wow usually about shoes but just uh like incredible I uh, any teacher at all I don't know how you continue to do it because when I worked with kids every day I was like I can't keep doing this this Mm-mm. is it's so stressful. And it's just like part of it is not that you just hate doing it. It's that you're you want to do the thing you're supposed to be doing. You want to be fulfilled. You want to be changing lives. And you're like, a kid just bit my finger. You know what I mean? Is this changing their <laughs> life? Kind of thing. I just got punched in the face yeah. because I was trying to help stop a fight. Is this really helping enough? You know what I mean? But it is unfortunately those kids that need the help the most yeah and then if you leave like i've heard from teachers they're not supported the way that they should be mm-hmm. but to hear something specific like this because i don't know the the background side of it all you got punched in the face while trying to stop a fight and you just go back to work and nobody says anything till the next day like just from a basic like 
boss level. Like you check in on your input. They're still employees, you know, to have no one have said anything. I would have been like, and that's the day I quit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that, that thought, that thought. I've had that thought multiple times. One time is when I was like really serious and it was actually over a fight. That's ironic. I had a student who I like cared about. Like he was like my dude, right? I all the different ones I always gravitated towards. And this was like my guy. And there was another student who was like bullying him straight up, which that word gets thrown around in education a lot. This was bullying. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly reporting this, trying to get something to happen, trying to get something to happen. And I even said to my principal, I go, this is going to be bad one day. And it was. And the kid who was bullying him slammed his head into the corner of a brick wall. During gym class, he had to get carried away in an ambulance in front of my entire class. My whole class saw this. There was blood everywhere. And I literally, I literally almost walked out, but I just said to my boss, I was like, nobody's helping and nobody was listening to me. Like I knew, and this could have been even worse. Could have killed him. Right. Jesus. But teaching, the sad part of it is how it is set up right now, which my goal is to change the structure. It is people running classrooms with their hands zip tied behind their backs, not able to cross a red line that is at their tiptoes with no support. Well, and that's what it sounds like. I mean, the kid, from the kid's perspective, I want to say, I'm going to go talk to Mr. D because something's going to get done about it. And if you can't actually do something about it, then he loses faith in you, you know, and doesn't feel protected by the adults that are right there because you have to wait or hope that they're going to do something. I mean, that is so fresh. I don't know how you keep doing it. I mean, please keep doing it, I guess. But that's what I say to new teachers all the time, too. It's like, if you if you think you can't do this, you got to get out of the profession because we need people who can. And there are so many people who can. And I'm here to support those who can. But if you can't, like the kids need the ones who can't. Yeah. So if like you hate it and you're miserable and you genuinely know that, then like there's it's admirable to leave because kids need the teachers who can take it and can stay. It's that hard. Yeah. That's how it is. Hey, Monica. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was un- I'm, I'm glad we can make this happen. Tell everyone where they can consume all things you. Yeah. Everything is just my name at Monica Nevy, MonicaNevy.com, all that stuff. Whatever. I'm on all the things. TikTok. You're on the um, tickety tockety. Yeah. I think that one's Monica Nevy comedy, but it's just a lot of stand up stuff. But Instagram, Facebook, whatever. They've got a lot of live shows coming up. Yeah, give me a follow because when the special comes out, we don't know exactly when that'll be and all that stuff, but I will be happy to share it with you during that time. And then I have a podcast as well called Dumb Pitches. And if you want to see a very special guest coming up <laughs> pretty soon on an episode. And they have me. Go ahead and subscribe and stuff. We we talk to people about their worst ideas. <laughs> you guys listen, don't sleep on Monica. I want you to go follow her wherever you want, but you got to consume her and definitely get to a live show. When I went to her live show, you guys, literally, I was done done. Loved it. Was just laughing my head off. It's just, it's great. It's great. I want you to do it. Quick shout out to the Patreon members. You guys, thank you so much for becoming Patreon members and supporting the podcast and keeping me on the air. Again, you can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski to get your tickets to the show first. Hello to our newest Patreon members, Morgan Matthews, Shannon White, Lindsay Kay, Kathleen Turner, Sarah Piasar, and Jenny Marcuzio. Thank you guys so much. I love you all more than words can express. Listen, I, again, believe that laughter is the best medicine. So I want you to go 
OD on a full bottle of laughs because you deserve it. It'll make you feel better. Trust me. I love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Bye.